is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with myself and Corey. <laughs> Corey, how are we doing? Jason, I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's been very hectic for me uh, at work, but you know it's always nice to carve out time with you. And the third member of our booth, Andy Buckley Taylor, uh, for some for some from some good Derby County chat because it was an awfully good performance at the weekend. Um, and again, it's what we talked about earlier, Jason. Um, you know, the fans all of a sudden were, "Hey, we're going to stay up." I talked about that a couple episodes ago when they lose a game and they're going to go down. The consistency thing is key here. We're going to make a we're going to give it a right good go, and Wayne Rooney's going to rev that motorbike over the fence. But Jason, before we turn it over to introduce. My the aforementioned third 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 man of our booth today. I just want to make make sure everybody aware. Um, just let everybody know. Appreciate everybody for their support of of the podcast and everything like that. So if you want to get involved and you want to write some blogs, like Andy has done, Jason and I have done, um, our friend Jack has done, Elliot as well, uh, and Shane Dolan, uh, as well as as well as Simon Trunkel and a few others. If you want to get involved and and, and write some blogs or you want to get involved on the podcast um, or anything like that. Um, feel free to shoot us a DM. You can either DM me directly or you can DM the podcast directly or send us an email. That's in the show notes, or I'll just say it now. It's at ramsreview at hotmail.com. So, you know, Jason, I, with that, I'll turn it back over to you, but I'm, I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, no Hey, After Saturday, which we're going to talk about to start off with Saturday, like you're right, the, the, the winds in Derby County sails again for, for at least another few days. Uh, as, as you mentioned there, Corey, guest tonight he's not really a guest anymore is he he's part of the furniture he comes along it comes along uh, more often than not uh andy andy buckley taylor andy it's been a while since we uh we last spoke to you i think just after the turn of the uh, turn of the year how how are you i'm fine thanks uh absolutely delighted with uh saturday's result uh a bit disappointed with the ones before uh it's a bumpy ride and uh whether we uh stay up or go down uh, there's going to be twists and turns along the way. Absolutely, and Andy, I'll we'll come to you on the on the first on the first point. Yeah, you're right. Me and Corey chatted about this for quite some time in our last episode about um, you know Derby's. I think it's fair to say mediocre, mediocre form over over the last few weeks, and we all pretty much said that obviously Saturday was it, it had to be three points. Um, and, and three points was the most important thing. What I want to ask you, Andy, is obviously I'm sure you'd be pleased. With you, I'm sure you're pleased with the three points. I know it was only against Barnsley, and that's no disrespect to Barnsley. But from my point of view, sat in the south stand, I thought that was a pretty good performance against a Barnsley side that had won three out of the last four. Andy, what was your thoughts on the game on Saturday? Well, yes, I mean before the game, um, it was. I didn't see it as a, a gimme, you know, uh, Barnsley, as you said, had won uh, three out of the last four. Um, but it was a very masterful performance um, all the way through the team. Uh, the de- defence did their job, midfield, forward. But the, the one thing I noticed was how much more effective Ravel Morrison was um, playing further, you know, further upfield but uh, I would like to point out also the fact that I think uh, Ryan Alsop now is established as our number one goalkeeper I think the introduction of Aaron Cashin um, has has, uh, been a it's been a big plus after the uh, four starts he's had I I had him man of the match three times Um, still would you know uh, Luke Plange 
is a very skillful uh, forward player, but I don't see him as a main striker. I see him more as a second striker. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, we controlled that game. And uh, like I say, it was a fantastic performance, a much needed three points. And uh, the confidence will be back back up again. And, uh, you know, I don't mind to the fact that we're definitely going to lose against the likes of Bournemouth and Fulham either. You, you've pulled out a couple of players' names there, Andy, that I want to move on to a little bit later on after we've finished looking back at the, the Barnsley game. Because I think I think they are key. They are key things that's happened at Derby over the, certainly over the last few weeks. But Corey, I want to come to you first. And if you um, if you switched your TV set on uh, at around twenty past three on Saturday, you might have thought you was uh, you was watching Real Madrid instead of Derby with that first goal, Corey. Um, well, Jason, sure I turned it, it on at twenty past three. I would have missed the game because <laughs> the time difference. But I see where you're going with that. So sorry, I interrupted you. Continue. No, I mean. That first goal, I mean, we've seen it on social media, we've seen it on Twitter today, I've seen it on Facebook. Um, when was the last time that Derby County scored a goal like that? And I think we have to go back a few years against Hull to see a goal that was that was like that. I mean, from from the challenge from Festi, from to to you know the 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 sight of Bielik, the great interchange play between Max Bird and Luke Plange, and then obviously Ravel Morrison, who I don't care what anybody says, definitely chipped it over the goalkeeper because he thought he was offside. Um, and you know, it turned out to turned out to be clear onside from what I've seen, and I mean, a fantastic finish. Corey, we've said it numerous times on this podcast. That's the way that we know Wayne Rooney wants Derby to play. We know we can't always play like that with the personnel that we've got. I know this is a little bit of a for the future, but if that's Rooney ball, I'm happy to pay and watch that every single week. What was your thoughts on that first goal, Corey? Give me two seconds. I'm trying to find an audio clip I want to use to open up my segment. Give me two seconds. Right. While we wait for that, Andy, I'll ask you the same question uh, b- before we, we go back to Corey. I mean, it, it's something, you know, one touch passing, uh, just, just from back to front, something that I know that you and I, we, we've screamed about at Derby County for a long, long time. We've got players of ability. We kn- that We know that they can seek out a pass. But even when it, works as well as you would expect it to, even when it does work like that. It's just a joy to watch, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It was a thing of beauty, wasn't it? You know, right from Eversaley, um, all the way up to the finish uh, by Morrison. And, and that's the sort of football that the fans like to see. It's nice, it's pretty, pleasing to the eye. And the end product, end product was there as well. Um, I think... Uh, over time, we, we can see what sort of football that Wayne Rooney wants to play as well. You know, uh, doesn't want the hoof ball, doesn't want Rowett ball. He wants something that uh, looks skillful and uh, has an end product. And I think um, if we didn't have the restrictions like uh, we have and we was able to bring in another striker, we'd have seen much more of that this season as well. But uh, yeah, I, I noticed uh, on Twitter how many retweets that goal was getting. And no, he, he wasn't offside. <laughs> um, he, he was level with the man when the ball was played. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, very, very pleased with it. Come on then, Corey, you're itching. You've, you've been searching fastly for the last five minutes to find this audio clip. Yeah, Jason, that summed it up. I don't know if you were able to hear that, were you? Yeah, just just about. Uh, for anybody that didn't, I think that might have been a little bit of uh, Alan Partridge commentary there. It was liquid football, and that was my <laughs> my uh, opinion of it. Because you're right, Jason, when I did look at it, I thought it was invasion of the body snatchers. Who the hell put on Derby County jerseys and decided to play like that? Because the girl, the goal was incredible, and it showed a great bit of intelligence from Ravel Morris, and I agree with Andy. There's no way he's offside the Barnes, the defender's foot. Is, is, is keeping him well onside. So if you drew the little lines of VAR, um, he would be clearly on. Uh, brilliant dummy from Ravel. He chips in. Absolutely brilliant. Gorgeous goal. And, and like Andy said, not only the amount of retweets, but I think it's been viewed 2 million times now on the website. And, and, and you've seen big outlets pick it up and everything like that. So again, you know, if that's what Wayne Rooney wants to make this team in his image, and this is the way that it's going to go, um, 
I'm incredibly excited for it because, um, you know, like Andy said, you know, if we'd had, if we didn't have the limitations, what could we have been as a squad this season under Rooney um, in terms of just getting in, getting in more players, more numbers, different styles of players. And, and Ravel Morrison has had an up and down season. Okay. Let's, let's call it as, as it is. Um, I necessarily didn't think that he was the guy to play for Derby County because it's Ravel Morrison. And you're just kind of like, Jesus, we're going to be forever with him now on his Wikipedia page. But, you know, he put in some good performances. He's faded a bit recently, but he's come back with a bit of a resurgence. And these are the performances that we need in order to stay in this division. I mean, if you get performances like this with Ravel Morrison and you get performances, you know, like Tom Lawrence put in before he got sent off against Sheffield and against Bournemouth, we've got a heck of a good side for a team that doesn't have much in the final third. Um, and, and it's just, it's just incredible to see, but yeah, absolutely top draw, absolutely top marks. And, uh, Barnsley's are no pushovers. It's easy, Jason. We've talked to our friends at the Reds Report uh, for a couple seasons now. You know, it's easy to teams like Barnsley is their kind of mantra for that. Um, but, you know, I think, hey, at the end of the day, we went in against a releva- relegation rival. We needed to win. And when we did, uh, and we won with what you were saying in the last podcast, Jason, with not only a result, but also playing some really good football which stands us in good stead for the next two games against Bournemouth and Blackburn, because they, they are going to be tough on paper. Um, look, everybody in this division is beatable. That's just the way the nature of the championship, but the next two games are going to be tough, but we put in not only, we not only got the result, but we put in a performance as well. And, 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 and it was well worth the wait. that that goal has just been playing on repeat for me. I it's been viewed 2 million times, but I'm pretty sure if they check the IP logs, it's been viewed from my IP address, at least three or 4,000 times of, of that. So um, yeah, absolutely incredible performance, absolutely incredible display. So, so pleased for the lads um, and so, so pleased for the manager as well uh, because Rooney's been tough, dealt a tough hand, uh, but he's, but he's coming through it. And I think, you know, you, you look into that, uh, into the second half and you, you look at that second goal, um, hands up. I missed it. I was, uh, I was making my way up the stairs uh, up the concourses as the uh, as the south stand erupted. So obviously it was on a replay. I rushed back down towards the TV to to see what had happened. Um, and I would argue that I know the first one is a great team goal, but I think the, the second one, the finish. I mean, Tom Lawrence. I don't want. I'm not knocking him, but Tom Lawrence d- deserved and should have finished that chance. Obviously, it comes crashing back off the crossbar. And Ravel Morrison's there. I mean, it's coming at him off the bar, Corey, like an absolute rocket. And he didn't even need a touch. It's was, it was just first time. That's the quality that Ravel Morrison has. That's the quality that obviously saw him come through the ranks at Manchester United. It's just obviously unfortunate that throughout his career, he's never really displayed it in a, in, in a more consistent manner. But um, I, I think that second finish is just as good. That second goal, sorry, is just as good, if not, on par slightly better than the first one, just because that technique at that speed for me is, is, is brilliant. And the fact that he was there, something Andy, Andy pointed to in that, in that opening piece, it's no surprise. Ravel Morrison plays further forward in the fight in the last two games. Appreciate he didn't score against Cardiff, but he should have done. And he nearly did. If it wasn't for Smithy's world-class save two games in and around that striker is hit the bar is hit the post and he's finished two chances off. I mean, what more can you ask for him from the last couple of games, Corey? No, you can't really ask for much more. And it just shows, again, the creative influence, the, the influence that Tom Lawrence has on this football team, on this football club, uh, when, when, we, when he does play and how crucial and integral he's going to be for this fight for survival. I mean, he's leading by example as the captain. He's getting into good positions. He's working hard. I mean, yeah, he probably should have scored, but he smashed against the bar. And, and like you say, Ravel follows up and he shows – you can tell you can tell that he's a class. You can tell that he's got innate ability, Jason, because it was an instinctive finish. He didn't have to think about it. He just had to. It was just it was second nature to him to the way he finished that and to put that in with his reaction speed and everything like that. So, you know, I think you know it just shows the quality of player that that Ravel has the potential to be. Um, and like you said, you know, we all know that he's not put it together so far in his career. I actually read an interesting stat today that if he appears against Bournemouth, the next time he appears for Derby will be the most club appearances he's made for a single club, his entire career. And being as he only played like 25 times for Derby, that's mental. That's, that's, that's insane. You know, but you know, if, if he, what I hope is I hope he can continue this form because we're, we're going to need him over the next couple of games, because if you've got Tom Lawrence on form, you've got Ravel Morrison on form, 
all of a sudden your attacking options are looking pretty tasty. And I, I talked in the previous podcast about my thoughts on Luke Plange. I think his form has dropped off a little bit, but you know, with the form of Lawrence and the form of Ravel, if, if they can keep it going. And that's the big thing, right? That's the thing I had said several weeks ago um, at the beginning of the season is Lawrence puts in a performance. I want to see it again next week and the week after before I start saying he's any good form because we know how inconsistent he can be. He's starting to show his consistency. He's starting to show his quality. Fantastic. So Tom Lawrence, good in, in form, getting back to those levels. Ravel Morrison, on the other hand, again, he's had one good game. So now I want to see this next game be another good game for Ravel Morrison. And then the next game be another good game. So he can get in a good, good, good bit of form and he can get that consistency because if we can get those two fit in firing and those two can be consistent and those consistent creative outlets and, 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 and with their finishing abilities, this is going to make this relegation fight all the easier for Derby County at the end of the day, because, you know, like Andy said earlier, the, the defense is still solid. Ryan Alsop, solid number one. Aaron Cashin's come in and he looks like a five-year pro. Um, you know, a classy veteran other than some lighters played four games for the first team. So, you know, defensively we're solid. We just need to pop in a few goals and, and, and hopefully with the form of Ravel and, and Tom Lawrence, we can do just that. I think, I think the other thing to, to, to mention Andy is obviously something that we did touch on. I, I touched on briefly. Bonsley, you know, Bonsley did come into this game, three wins out of four. Um, they'd obviously found a little bit of form from somewhere. And I, th- I think there was times, is it, is it Queener, Queener in the middle, he looked okay. Morris up front looked like he was a handful. Do you think it was Derby stopped Barnsley from playing more so than Barnsley had a bit of an off day? Because I, I, I thought Derby's performance was, you know, obviously that good. Um, there's a reason Barnsley's won the last three out of the four. They're, they're no, they're no, uh, they're no mugs in this division and, and they're fighting for their lives exactly the same as Derby are. Did, were Derby, Plain and simply, Andy, we're Derby just better than Barnsley on Saturday. Yeah, we were. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I'm surprised after last season that Barnsley are struggling like they are. Uh, they got themselves into the playoff. Um, I think most of the team from last season is still there. I know Warren Mowat, not Warren, um, Mowat had moved on. But... Uh, I think on Saturday we didn't allow them to play. Uh, I, I think Wayne Rooney obviously had done his homework, but a question that uh, springs to my mind is: Have they played uh, another side that plays football like us? You know, uh, we play nice football, and uh, I can't. I think I think Fulham play a nice game. But are, are there many teams in, in the championship that actually play this this style of football? You know, this great passing game, attacking game, you know, and uh, maybe uh, maybe not. And uh, when they've come up against it, they, they've fallen short. But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody should take anything away from our performance. And like uh, you just said about uh, Ravel Morrison, Wayne Rooney appears to have got more out of Ravel Morrison than any of his past managers have, and not only uh, Ravel Morrison, but Tom Lawrence as well. Gary Rowett signed uh, Tom Lawrence. Um, I think this season we've seen the best the best Tom Lawrence that we've had at Derby County. And the, the, you've got to factor in that uh, a lot of our young players that Rooney has also brought in, um, would another manager have got them to perform so well? I mean... Had we not been in this situation, um, no disrespect to the lads because they're, they're playing well, um, they would have been under different circumstances. They would have been sort of like drip fed into the team, given minutes here, given minutes there. But uh, we, we've had to bring them in, you know, and uh, they, 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 you know, they've stood the test. And uh, I, I, I would question whether any other manager get uh, players uh, that have uh, come straight from the academy into the first team and performing like a, a, a five-year pro, as, as Corey has said. And I've got to go a big shout-out for Ebi Owe, uh, because on Saturday, it was his first start. He, he had a great game as well. Um, I, I just think it speaks volumes of Rooney and his ability to get the best out of players. 
do you know you've almost stole the the words out of uh, out of my mouth there, Andy? That that was going to be uh, well one of my next two points to just to tie up that Barnsley game. Um, Corey, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come to you. Malcolm Awobi, uh, he was definitely going to be somebody that I, I mentioned because he, he comes in for his, his first start. Should have scored. I was right behind that in the south stand and another two yards of pitch and that would have bent into that post, I can assure you, because it was that close. Um, so words on words on Malcolm's um, debut and the captain returns and it's okay. It wasn't goals from, from Tom, but it, it, he was a big part of the first goal. And of course, it was his shot in for the for the second one that came to the rebound to Morrison. I know people will put the three the two and two together and go, well, the three games that he was missing, that's the reason why Derby lost the three games. I don't think that's a fair assumption. But I know we've all said this season, because we know of his inconsistencies, but this season, and a point that Andy's just made there, Rooney has got, I think Rooney has got the best out of Tom Lawrence this season. And even if he's only having a, a six or seven out of ten game there are still at least one, if not two moments in that game that are key critical that he, he has an involvement with that normally means Derby picks something up out of the game. Yeah, um, when you look at first, I mean, I'll talk about uh, Malcolm here is he was he was a really solid debut. Very, very pleased for the lad. You know, we've been seeing these short little cameos and, um, you know, I had said on the previous podcast, he might give you a little bit of the unknown. He might give you a little bit of this this young verve and a little bit of swagger and a little bit of skill and pace to be able to link between these lines. And, and he did really, really well in his first start. So, you know, hopefully there's more to come. And again, like we've said with all, all these young players, you know, Liam Thompson performed out of his skin. Amazing. Uh, you know, for, for, for a large swath of this season, he's not been in the team as much as his form started to fade a little bit. You're seeing Luke Plange's form starting to fade a little bit. Um, so, you know, again, with like my point is, is that with all these young players, the you need to manage them properly to make sure that they get not only pro, you need to balance proper minutes with proper rest and make sure that they still understand they're still learning the game and, and those kind of things. And I think Rudy's been doing a good job of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he could be he could potentially be something that down the line, the X factor that we need late in the game, because what you what you find is when these teams do these statistical analysis and they're doing their videos ahead of the game looking at how different players play and, and different things like that, they're not going to have video on him because 23's football is different than, than men's football. So they're not going to have a lot to go off. So they're not really going to necessarily know how to stop him or, or, you know, these different, these different factors, the runs that he's going to make, does he, does he drop off? Does he go wide? Does he drift in all these different kind of things? So I think it was a really solid debut from him. I'm excited to see more of him. Um, but again, cautiously optimistic of, putting putting all of our faith into a to a young lad who's played a handful of games to try to save us at the business end of the championship not saying that it can't be done um but you know let's 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 allow the lad the opportunity to be a young player um that we would if we weren't in this situation without heaping too much pressure on him uh if that makes sense and and you know the second point with Tom Lawrence I said this I've said this numerous times Jason I said this beginning of the season I said this last season Tom Lawrence is without a shadow of a doubt, Darby's most influential and important player. Um, and, he, and he's showing that, you know, I don't necessarily think it was a good idea to give him the captaincy because of his previous past transgressions. Those are well-documented, but he's proven me wrong week after week with his consistent performances. He might not be the most necessary, most, you know, vocal, rah-rah kind of guy on the field. But from, you know, from what we understand, he's vocal in the dressing room. He's a leader in this dressing room. Um, any, 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 he leads by example. And that's the best thing that you can do right now. So Tom Lawrence, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a solid, fantastic player. Um, and he's, he's in a hell of a good run of form right now for us. And, and long may this continue. And, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise, the red card, right? I don't think he is the reason we lost the three games. I think the squad was fading anyway, but having Tom Lawrence come back, having him step away from football, the grind every day, having him go on a bit of a vacation to some warm weather, Maybe maybe there is something with that with Rooney. Maybe there's something there that says, do you want the lad to be fit for the next three games or do you want to be fit and firing for the next 10, which is going to save us? So, you know, we're a better side with Tom Lawrence in it. I'm so pleased that we we're able to keep him past January. I hope we can keep him, um, you know, past the summer. I don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen with that. We don't know in terms of takeovers and divisions and leagues and if a player wants a new challenge or everything like that. But just enjoy Tom Lawrence while he's here because this is the best run of form he's been in, in a Derby shirt. Um, he's showing the form of his career, which is just amazing. 
no, I fully, fully agree with you. Um, to wrap up the Barnsley review, uh, of course, we didn't get a preview from them, Corey. The, the timing of this missed out ever so slightly, but we have got them on for a review. So here comes Carlo from the Red Report and a shout out also to Ian from the Tykes blog, blog who helped with this review. Um, hi, everyone. It's Carlo from the Barnsley FC Reds Report. And with me, I've got Ian from the Tykes blog. Ian, how are we doing? Very well, thank you, Carlo. You? Yeah, will you still be okay when we start talking about the uh, result away at Derby? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ian, um, it, it, for the neutral, uh, you, you think that, you know, Derby were below us, bottom three, but they're not there because they've played bad all season. It's purely down, obviously, to, to the points deduction that they that they suffered, for, which is for things off the, uh, off the pitch. Um, we all expected... A bit of a tight affair, fiery, you know, two teams battling relegation. Not really what we got, was it? No. Um, as a spectacle, it never got, and it wouldn't have got a neutrals pulse racing. That that's for sure. Um, <sighs> disappointing. I mean, there were so many words you could have used, but I think the game itself, Barnsley slept walk through it, Derby. Um, did what they had to do. Were never spectacular. They never blew me away. But they've obviously got a spirit under Rooney and they've got the crowd behind them. But yeah, it it uh, the game just passed Barnsley by, didn't it? Really, it just yeah. passed us by. And a lot was made of Barnsley, uh, the form going into this match. You know, we won three out of four, uh, a solid formation. And then the news breaks that um, Jordan Williams is out for the rest of the season, knee injury. And he is replaced by uh, Callum Britton. Now, Britton did really good last year. One of the outstanding sort of young talents that we brought in. Um, he's battled illness and injury this season. But from what we've seen, it's it, it's not the Williams that we were expected. We were Sorry, that we were expecting, weren't we? He's, he's not reached that level. Or is that down to me, his playing position? or Possibly, yeah. Um, we, we've, we've seen a lot of players played out of position this season. He, he can be that player that will go up and down and have an engine on him like Styles will do on one side. And last season, we were getting the best out of him. Uh, he, he did have a shocker on Saturday. I felt for him a little bit because he was getting no support from um, whoever. Was it Styles on that side? Yeah. I can't yeah. Wouldn't track back. And help him, and he was up against that winger every time, one on one. Um, so he was a he was a bit left on his own, but that side was so weak on that side because Vita didn't do too bad on the other side. They never I can't remember them being such a danger. They either came through the middle and flooded us through the middle because our midfield was just awful, or, or they came down that side where Britain was, and he had a combination of him having a bit of a stinker maybe out of position and not getting any support from any of his colleagues to come across and help him. Yeah. It's um, I'm just going to bring some, some stats up. Um, so uh, we can have a look at him. He says, obviously not being able to find him. And mm -hmm. it, well, it wasn't that we were overrun. A lot of it was our own doing almost, wasn't it? Yeah. I felt midfield Gomez, Wolf, they never got a grip of the midfield. I thought they give the ball. Well, certainly, Gomez give the ball away far too much. It went up to Morris. Sometimes it stuck up there, but then it had come straight back. And just architects of our own downfall, really. And I'd, I'd seen the comments from Asbagi that had said on the Friday that you know he was an admirer of Tom Lawrence and the way that Derby build, the way they they build uh, their momentum. And I thought, well, you've obviously watched them. Why are we not? playing our pressing game like we did at Hull and against Middlesbrough the first half and go and stop that build-up, stop that momentum. Because when the goal came, the first goal, they were just, it was like they were building that momentum. They had the crowd up a little bit. We could have, first 20 minutes, gone at them, put the willies up them a bit, maybe got a goal, and it would have been a totally different environment. And, and instead, we let them dictate the play take the atmosphere and let them get a head of steam up. And that was what was really disappointing. 
If, if, if you look at the match stats, um, Derby 52.8% possession, Barnsley 47. I mean, for a home side, you know, you, you always expect, don't you? And, yeah. and, and possession for Barnsley has never really mattered that much. We went through the majority of last season of having very low possession, but doing a lot with it. Yeah. Um, total shots, 14 for Barnsley with three on target, 16 for Derby with five on target. Now, we, we have gone through matches where we didn't have a shot on target. Um, one person that probably came out, if you know, if you had to do a player report, and you know that probably would have passed, was Carlton Morris because he he seemed yeah. to be the only one, um, very much typified by his, his late yellow cards late yeah. on in the match. But as a football <laughs> fan, you like to see that. And um, he was hurting, wasn't he? He, he, yes. he wasn't a happy chappy. No, and you just took the words out of my mouth there because when you said he was hurting, and that was clearly him wearing his heart on his sleeve when he went in late on the keeper and got the yellow card. That was him frustrated. He tried his hardest. When when there was only him up top, he made chances out of nothing. He was trying. Um, and in the end, he, ju he just got frustrated. But yeah, he was our man of the match, but, but head and shoulders above anybody else. And yet, Collins didn't have a great deal to do. It wasn't like Collins was making save after save. Derby were not, you know, some of their shots were woeful. Um, so it wasn't like we were dominated in that respect. It was a game that we could and should have got something out of, even a point. Yeah, because if, if you look at some of the other stats, and I know some people are very much driven by stats, but I think it gives you a bit of a flavour of the match in case you didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, we blocked five shots, they blocked six, 78.5% passing percentage, completed pass percentage for Barnsley, 80% for Derby, so not much in it. And four clear-cut chances for Derby, zero for Barnsley. Mm -hmm. Corners doesn't really matter. Tackle percentage, 73 Barnsley, 58 Derby. Aerial duels won, 57% Barnsley, 42 um, for Derby. So it's it's literally those moments when people switch off that were punished. We were very much, yeah. when they could, they punished us, but yeah. definitely weren't overrun. Well, looking at that, how, how do you see Derby go? Obviously, they went above us. You know, they got a result after some disappointing performances uh, the weeks before. And can they, if, if if you look at sort of like, you know, Peterborough, Barnsley, Derby, um, if if you had to back one of the teams to, to climb out of this and maybe bring Reading into it, who would you be backing? Besides, obviously, your 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 favourite club of all. <laughs> but from a playing perspective, do you see enough in Derby to, 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 to you know, to, to do. be impossible? Yeah, I do. Like you say, they won... In the key moments of that 90 minutes, like that first goal when Morrison did the dummy and the nice one-two and he chipped the keeper, it was an, it was a nice goal. The second goal, they were they were far quicker to the to the rebound. Um, you look at the goals that they've scored late on. There's clearly a spirit there. They're playing for the manager with all this adversity. They're all coming together, the supporters. So if anybody's going to get some momentum, and let's face it, they've picked up quite a lot of points considering you would pick Derby. Although having said that, I've not looked at their fixture list. When you look at our fixture list, certainly at home, we sh we've got a good chance of picking some points up if we play like we played the other week and not Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anybody stand out for you from a Derby point of view? I think Lawrence pulled the strings. Morrison did what he had to do. I mean, he, he came off in the second half, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, the winger, I believe, say, on, on the left caused Britain all sorts of problems. They were all, I, I wouldn't say anybody really stood out. They were just very much of a team ethic. They were all very much seven, eights out of ten, seven out of tens, whereas we were one seven out of ten, and the rest were like twos and threes and fours. That I think that was the difference for me. They were more collectively played better and were seven out of tens rather than one or two that were like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I uh, I was texting with uh, Steve during the match and I, I sort of said, they just seem to do the simple things better than us. Once yeah. they knew they had the beating down the left-hand side, the balls were coming down the left-hand side. We never tried to exploit any sort of, you know, other area, did we? Um, no. To try and get the upper hand. And, I felt um, we played, played a bit too many long balls as well in that, certainly in that first half that I've not seen us do in the last couple of games it was always get it up to midfield then up to the front four and nice quick pass exchange of passes and we were suddenly deep in the opposition's half 
it was a bit more reminiscent of earlier on in the season where you just get a defender like Kitchen used to do and just look up and just launch it. Yeah. And there was a bit of that on um, Saturday for Morris to just go and right, you you you, you, you know you're on your own up there, um, which was a bit disappointing really. We didn't, we didn't seem to, whereas they had a plan and build that momentum and we didn't seem to have a game plan. No, no, definitely, definitely didn't. And and I thought at times Morris, who who is I think by far probably you know the one with the most pedigree uh that nouns or whatever you want to call it of, of being able to sniff out a chance playing people in I, I thought or i felt he was very isolated the, the link up play that that's been working so well we've been um raving about our two holding midfielders that have done so well and um you know the the battle was taken away from them by playing it down the side almost wasn't it yeah. you know yeah. Derby, it's almost all that these two holding midfielders wolf gomez they, you know they do they do really well and and they stop things happening we're going down the wings and and it bypassed them and and yeah. it's 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 a shame um where does this leave us then um for a from a Barnsley point of view you know it's it's a it's an opportunity missed to put more distance between us because now we're playing catch up again from a derby point of view we're springboard to maybe um you know, last, however matches are left to, to to get themselves out of this mess. Yeah, I th it wasn't fatal on Saturday because Reading lost. It was a missed opportunity, and that's where maybe a point would have been handy, especially with this uh, game tomorrow night. Um, the the problem is you've got twelve games left, and you you start running out of games. Yeah. That's the problem. We probably could get away with it if if we can beat Stoke tomorrow. Um, and certainly Bristol City the week after, who, who are in shocking form. But you're going to run out of games, and and we could probably just about get away with Saturday, just purely because Reading. If, if Reading had won that game, I mean, Will Millwall are on a really good run at the minute. Apparently, I didn't realise they'd won some like five in a row. Yeah. But um, we're fortunate that Reading didn't win. Otherwise, what would it be about nine points now? Yeah. So st still there. This is a massive week, definitely a massive week. Yeah, and and the hope is that when you get to the international break, you've you've put it down to maybe two or three, yes. because then you give yourself that chance. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you probably said it already. If you have to choose a man of the match for Barnsley, a very poor Barnsley, um, my guess is the number fourteen up at top on his own, booting the yeah. keeper in the last minute or so, just to let him feel how frustrated yeah. he was. I mean, Morris was unfor he was unlucky with that chance where he brought the long ball down superbly, took on the defence and then did a really good shot and nearly nutmegged the keeper. Uh, and it could have easily hit the keeper and got in. Uh, he was really unlucky with that. But yeah, for, for effort, application, for trying, um, it was, I mean, it, it was a man, not, a, not a difficult man of the match to win, but he, he, he was the only one who could come off and say, at least I tried and I, my my shirt is full of sweat from trying uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, definitely Carl Morris. And, and fair to say that as fans, uh, we deserve and we need to see more yeah. than what we did on, on Saturday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I, and I felt for the travelling fans, really, and you saw, I think, the last five minutes or so that the, the away end was empty. Most had seen enough and gone home. And I felt, felt sorry for them, really, because those who'd paid the money and gone and there was only really one of of the players who, who played who really tried on on saturday that that, that was the the shame about about it yeah um i had uh, as a last sort of questions to her quote i had a conversation with somebody today who said you know when when it's not going well and you're away and you've done really well and you find yourself go behind and things are not going well i'd rather have rooney as my manager than as baggy as my manager and and i was sort of thinking about that and actually thought it's a valid point, isn't it? Wayne Rooney can call on his experience to rally these troops. They've been against it from the get-go, and yeah. they've never, ever, ever given up. And it no. seems at times, if you'd have looked the other way around, that Barnsley would have been you know, 21 points from safety and unable to string a few passes together. But actually, he has, um, I suppose you could say, made a real name for himself to be able to still be in with a chance come the early March after a 21-point deduction. Yeah. That shows his credentials as a manager, doesn't it? Yeah, and the camera went on the touchline quite a lot. Obviously, it would be being Rooney, but even his number two, they were they were constantly talking to each other, and you could see that they were they were really they had a game plan, and you could see that they were really good in, in conversation with each other right throughout the game. 
it panned on as bargain. Maybe this is a little bit being a bit harsh, but he was just on his own and just looking a little bit lost. Whereas their bench was, they were talking and if Rooney hadn't seen something that his number two had and they were, they were going, oh yeah, you know, and they were working things out and they just seemed to be so much more in tune than our bench. It looks like one man on his own who looks a little bit lost at times. Might be a bit harsh, but that's how it can look. Yeah, and and I think sometimes, and, and we've we've said this, you know, I've, 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 we've said this before that you often see him sometimes as Maggie talking or somebody with a notepad, and and I get that communications really, really. I sometimes scream to say, talk to them. There's eleven players out there that need that, you know, encouragement because we're still a young team. And well, we hope we see better tomorrow, Ian. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, an opportunity to put the wrongs right, if I say if I say that yeah. rightly, um, against Stoke tomorrow at uh, at Oakwell. But thanks very much. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved, predicting lineups, checking on match days, and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fan Hub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the Fan Hub app and website. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff, so go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season, so stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits, and you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review as a, as a coupon code there as well, and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's that's Flatback 4 and Six Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. Before we move on to previewing uh, what is going to be, a, a obviously, another everyone is a, a big game, Bournemouth. We mentioned a minute ago, there was a couple of players and there's a couple of other players that have, have sprung to mind that since the last time me and you spoke, um, I want to I want to get your opinions on, and we'll we'll, we'll start at the back. We've we've mentioned them already. Um, obviously, I know the last time and various other times that you've been on the podcast this season, and and it felt like that we spoke about it for the best part of six months. Was that who was Derby County's number one? I think finally, Andy, we might have the answer to that, don't we? Yeah, um, I not I've, well. I've been a big critic of Keller Roos. Um, he has pulled off some fantastic saves. He's had some good games. But I've always had a little bit of uncertainty uh, about him. Ryan Allsop has come in. He's he's made two or three mis- he made two or three mistakes earlier on in his uh, earlier appearances, but I think uh, he settled into the side, and I think fans are, are confident. Uh, you know that when he starts, he's doing a job. I think uh, the job is his now, and. Uh, you know, he, he's made that with some, you know, he's pulled off some great saves. And don't get me wrong, all goalkeepers make errors. Uh, our friends down the road claim to have one of the best keepers in the championship, uh, Samba. Well, I watch, I watch a, a lot of championship football and the amount of times that he's been beaten at the near post this season. So, you know, there you go. Um I, I'm very, very comfortable having Ryan Allsop starting, you know, well, the, the all the remaining games. I, I think he's a, he's a decent keeper. I think when you, you know, when when we, have, me and you have had this conversation, um, I, I think Kel Roos has got better over the last 18 months, but there were still some key, key points that we said that we don't necessarily like about him. And that was his some of his distribution, his ability to come and claim and command his area and, and claim crosses and things like that. It, and like you said, there was always something, it, you, you just got a nervous feeling with him. 
And I have to agree with you. And certainly over the last couple of games, from what from what I've seen, also now has started to do all those things, including, you know, what he was doing previous. Which, as you mentioned, is a is a is a solid shot stopper. He's made some in, important saves. But the one thing that I've noticed over the last two or three games, uh, at least, is is commanding of his area, the the way that he takes the pressure away from set pieces. I know we still do concede set pieces, unfortunately, uh, at times, but it's it's a goalkeeper now that you've got full confidence in, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, 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 he comes out and he commands his box a lot, lot better than Roos. You know, and his shot stopping is great. Um, I, I, I've got full confidence in him. It's uh, the most confidence I've had in a goalkeeper since... Oh, Probably Scott Carson. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Moving moving one position further forward, and we said we'd talk about him. Um, we mentioned him briefly. Erin Cashin. Andy, obviously, you're of more advanced years uh, than me, and you'll remember some of the great centre-offs that Derby County have had. I'm not trying to put him in the same bracket as that, but if his first four or five starts have anything to go by, if he continues on the same trajectory... Um, and, and we can keep hold of him uh, and develop him and have, and have him at least for another year next season. Derby have arguably got a real, real decent centre-off on their hands, haven't they? Yes, they have. You know, I mean, I was spoiled. I was brought up on McFarland and Todd. But uh, the lads come in. Um, he made his debut against Peterborough. And uh, as I took to my seat and heard the team uh, read out, I was sort of, mm, this is interesting, but he was very commanding. And uh, like I say, three out of the four starts, I think he's been the best player on the field. What will be the big tester is when he does make an error, because he will make an error, all players make errors, and how he reacts to it, you know. But uh, on the early evidence, I think uh, we, we've got a star in the making here. I'm trying to think of the last centre-back that uh, we actually produce, you know, through the academy. And uh, I can't I can't seem to recall anybody more recent than Chris Riggett, if that's right. You, you probably, Chris Riggett, you, I mean, you could probably put Mark O'Brien into that category as, as he was, as he came up through and obviously did make plenty of appearances for the first team, but obviously ultimately, ultimately did move on to a, to a lower league club, I think, at the time in Newport. Uh, or went up. I think he might have even gone up to Scotland, didn't he, to Motherwell or something like that. But I think he. Well, I think you're right. I think they have been few and far between. We know Derby's academy over the last twenty years have produced some absolute gems, but they've always seemed to have been in a very, a very similar position. Um, and that that's mainly been midfield. We've not really brought through all that many centre halves. And um, I think for me personally, I think one of the bigger tests. You're right. I think he will make a mistake. It'll be how he reacts to that. Um, I thought he had his hands full on Saturday. You could tell their their big lad up front, Morris, he just plonked himself on cashing. And I, th- I thought he struggled to deal with him in the first five, 10, 15 minutes. But after that, he, he obviously adjusted. He realised he, he, his adaptability. He could, he could sense that he wasn't defending him properly. And then from pretty much the 20th minute in, I don't think he really gave him a sniff. What's going to be interesting for me, I mean, no disrespects to any of the the forwards and players that he's come up against so far in his um, in his career against at first team level, but he's not come up against Dimitrovic. He's not come up against a Dominic Solanke, which is somebody obviously he's probably going to come up against on Saturday if picked. Um, the, the prolific goal scorers, obviously, will, if Bereton Diaz is fit. For, for Blackburn when when we go up to Ewood Park in a couple of weeks' time, Sam Gallagher, that all those types of players. I don't think he's necessarily come up against that type of a, a, a prolific striker so far. And it'll be, for me, Andy, it'll be interesting to see how he copes, how he copes with that. And if he can come through, you know, I mean, let's face it, we, we face most of those strikers probably within the next three weeks. If he can come through and he does play and he comes through all those three games and, you know, he can hold his head high and say he's, he's put in a good performance... Uh, you know, he's he's virtually undroppable at that centre-half spot, isn't he? Oh, yeah. If, if he comes through um, Bournemouth, Fulham, Blackburn with good performances, then uh, he's, he's nailed the position, hasn't he? Um, 
the big tester for me is going to be Mitrovic because, I mean, uh, <laughs> there, to be honest, there aren't many centre-backs in the division that can cope with him, as we can see from uh, all the goals he's scored. And that will be a big tester for him. Um, if he plays well, he'll get the plaudits. But uh, if he struggles with Mitrovic, um, he, he will, he'll learn from the, the lesson given. But uh, I'm really excited about the. Um, I think uh, if we stay up, I think he's got a good chance of being our starting, um, one of our starting centre backs next season. But uh, in in League One, I'm I'm sure he's more than capable of uh, doing the job. If should we uh, uh, do slip down? Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think the other the other player that we've got to talk about, Andy, is. Uh, Christian Bielik, because obviously the last time that we spoke, his name was was rumbling around that he was he was due to be due to come back, um, and pretty much since we last spoke is he, when he started to be drip fed back into the side. I do think he started a little bit too early, but I think that was more needs must. Derby obviously need a player of of that caliber. Um, even at 50% is probably, you know, better than what some offer um, throughout the season have done. A word on, a word on Christian coming back, Andy. And obviously, you know, the the lad's only played six games, so he's obviously not up to full speed yet, but already I, I can name moments in nearly all of the games that he's been involved in. Obviously his overhead kick, it will, will, will stand out against Birmingham at Pride Park earlier on this season, but, He's had an involvement, he's had an impression, and I think he's he's definitely, definitely made Derby um, a, a better side since he's come back into it. I totally agree with you, Jason. And I think I think what you said there, that he's come back um, before he's 100%, is spot on. Because um, if you remember last season when he came back, he had an immediate impact on the game. His actual influence on the game was stronger than what it has been that this time he's come back. This time it's been a steady, nice, steady uh, contribution to the team um, without being quite so spectacular. And I, I think that points that he, he has come back um, rather because we need him than uh, he's ready. But uh, when we see him at 100%, it, it'll be like having a new signing. Um, last season, what he did in a few games was unbelievable and um, his the, his um, ability to intercept and pass um, it, it's a quality that uh, you know will will do nothing but uh, make the team stronger you know ho- hopefully he'll get back to 100% in the next few games and uh, we'll see the best of him I think for me Andy just to finish that point off with him um, I mean, you want him against the, the Peterboroughs and the Barnsleys and the Cardiffs because you know he's got that extra bit in his locker that can unlock defence, uh, that, can, that can, you know, pick out the balls and he, he can unlock the passes. But I think he's equally important, isn't he, against your, Black, uh, your Blackburns, your Bournemouths, your Fulhams, because let's face it, that is the level that we know Bielik can play. And in fact, I believe he can, he can definitely be a Premier League player if he can keep injury free. But even having him in those type of games is just going to be as critically important as, as he has had against the lower division sides. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the next run of games, especially like against Blackburn, I think he'll sit even a little bit more deeper because um, you've got, you got, you got three of the best strikers coming up, haven't you? You've got uh, Mitrovic, Solanke and Brereton Diaz. and there'll be extra pressure on our defence and I'll, I would see Bielik in a more defensive role um, during them games. Obviously, he's a defensive midfielder, but he does. Um, you know, he has the ability to go forward and put some good crosses in. But uh, I think his uh, defensive qualities are going to be needed much, much more in, in those fixtures. And uh, hopefully he's going to be at 100% and for me, act like that uh, third centre-back. Fully agree with you. Andy, I know we've got about 30 seconds left on the recording. I want to thank you for, for your time and we'll speak to you again before the end of the season. Pleasure to be on and thanks for inviting us. 
a thanks quite to Andy for giving his insights on the Barnsley game and how he's felt about Derby County since we last spoke to him. Just I think it was just before the Forest game, the turn of the year. Um, appreciate your time as always, Andy, and we'll definitely catch up with you before the end of the season. To wrap things up, guys, for this week's episode, uh, we've got obviously the preview of the trip to Vitality on Saturday against Bournemouth. We've got a review Sorry, we've got a preview from a Bournemouth perspective coming up in a little minute, but I want to give my opinion on the game and where Derby sit currently uh, for their fight for survival. Well, of course, we know what happened against Barnsley. We know that teams around us drop points, so that gap is back to five, and we're coming into a real, real tough section of, of fixtures, as we well know, and the importance of picking something, if anything, up over the next two away games, at least, even if it's a point in both, that would be absolutely massive. If Derby could nick one uh, and get three points out of the two games or four points out of the two games would be dreamland, but three points out of the two games would be absolutely massive bonus to help uh, Derby's cause. I think also you've got to look, obviously, there's two games in hand for Peterborough, two games in hand, I believe, for Reading or one game in hand for Reading. That, I believe, is tonight, as we're recording this on Tuesday. I believe they play Bournemouth tonight. I believe it is. So, you know, you would hope there that they're not going to gain any more honours and that game in hand will be gone. Obviously, Peterborough and Barnsley will have games in hand of us, but their form, certainly Peterborough's at the moment, seems to have fallen off a cliff. So you've just got to hope. And I think those games aren't until some point in April, if memory serves me right. So... I mean, it's still the same. All Derby can do is do what they can do. And that means going to Bournemouth, a place where over the last couple of visits, they've had some joy. We know that they're one of the top sides in the division. We know they've got one of the best strikers in the division in Dominic Solanke. But they've also, over the last three seasons, really, since they came down, they're not invincible. They do have mistakes. They do not always turn up. Um, and we've just got to hope. I think they lost at the weekend to Preston. Obviously, you would hope, and we certainly hope, uh, that they pick up a result against Reading, and that may just give them the confidence on their own patch, but I don't think that Derby need to fear Bournemouth. I don't think Derby need to fear anybody, but I don't think they need... I think they can go there, especially off the back of the last couple of away performances, apart from the one at Middlesbrough. Um which have been pretty decent, but Derby have just have, have lacked in that final third. If Derby can play like they did against Saturday on Saturday against Barnsley, and I appreciate the the quality in the two teams is obviously is obviously massively different. But if Derby can replicate that sort of a performance, I can see Derby getting something out of this game. But it's good. We know it's going to be tough. We we, un, we understand that, um, and they've got to. We know their away form's got to improve. That will probably define how Derby do between now and the end of the season and if their survival bid works. And of course, two days later than that, we'll touch on it in the next podcast uh, in a lot more detail. But then we've got the trip to Ewood Park. Another real tough game. Obviously, Blackburn were on fire earlier on this season. I think Berriton Diaz is injured at the moment, which I know their results are a little bit shaky. I think they've only won one in seven but their home form, I think they've only lost one out of the last 10. So there's quite a few draws involved in there by the looks of it. Um, so why can't Derby go there and at least take a point? And you never know, catch them on, catch them on a good day, uh, on a bad day, should we say, uh, and Derby pick up the three points. I mean, is it vital that Derby get something out of these next two games? Yes, I think it is. I think, I think Derby need something out of the next two games to give them the, that momentum again for then what is the next home game a week on uh, Saturday, which is Co Coventry coming to Pride Park, which again will not be an easy game. But as long as Derby's got a little bit of momentum, I think that's key at this moment in time. Points are the biggest thing. A little bit of momentum would be good. Um, and, you know, we've seen the gap go from five to eight back to five. Derby don't want that to rise again. Obviously, it might tonight with a game in hand, but if, if that take that out of the equation and it stays the same, Derby will want to go into that game at the weekend against Bournemouth and try and shorten that gap. Who's Reading got on Saturday? I believe it's a trip 
against Nottingham Forest, which, you know, we will, for once, I'm sure, want Forest to win that one. And you just never know. You never know. The point gap could be even shorter, which is exactly what we want to do. But, of course, Bournemouth definitely come with the with their um with their threats or we will go there and they'll have their threats and i just want derby to get back on to get, get back to business it feels like they got back to business against against barnsley on saturday with the fight the passion the determination there's a it's a it's a sellout for derby fans going down to the vitality that'll be absolutely massive we know how good bournemouth are don't need me to tell you really how good bournemouth are and and they are obviously gunning for automatic promotion but i'd I think there's a chance that Derby could uh, could upset the apple cart a little bit, and it would be absolutely momentous if they could if they could pull off a win. Um, but I'd, I'd take I'd bite your end off for a point right now. Um, that's my thoughts on the game. Here come the thoughts from a Bournemouth's perspective. Um, in terms of Bournemouth's recent form, um, I'll answer that one first. Uh, before the pressing game, four wins out of four. Although. It's, I think it's safe to say that Bournemouth's form and their overall performance levels haven't quite been the same since their first defeat of the season, which came against Preston in early November. Uh, they've kind of muddled their way through games. It's been difficult at times, and I think that links on to the thoughts of the manager. I think Parker's got a really defined style of play. He plays 4-3-3. Um, it, it's all about structure, movements, gradual build-up play. And supporters have found that difficult at times because they, they want to be entertained. And the way Scott Parker plays is all about control, all about making sure players are in correct positions to attack, but also to defend counter-attacks. So that's that's a, that's an issue. And I think that's something that you, you have to keep an eye on as Parker's relationship with Bournemouth fans evolve because uh, something's got to give, basically. Uh, in terms of the owners... Um, Obviously, with Russian sanctions and stuff that are coming in for Russian Ogliarks, uh, Maxime Demin, the Bournemouth owner, isn't an Ogliark. He's also a U- he's got a UK uh, he's a UK citizen, so that means there shouldn't be an issue at all. So, um, of course, he's Russian, so he'll naturally be linked to that. But uh, those sanctions or that are set to be imposed or whatever uh, don't link to Maxime Demin. Um, in terms of key players. At the start of the season, it was it was certainly Philip Billing and Dominic Solanke. Yeah, they were really good. Billing's form's tailed off a little bit. Solanke's found it tougher. Uh, t- teams have been playing a back five, and he struggled with that because he doesn't really tend to get the ball much. Uh, the key player, and it just shows you how Bournemouth's form has really plummeted, despite being in a really good position to go up, is Mark Travers. Mark Travers has been absolutely outstanding. And I think it was Jose Mourinho who once said that Petajek saves Chelsea uh, 12 points a season. I think Mark Travers has already done that so far this year. Uh, been really, really strong and uh, he's a, certainly a key player. In terms of tactics, we've touched on it already. 4-3-3, um, build-up play. Um, the wingers say really, really wide. I think you saw that in the reverse game at, at Pride Park of Jane and Anty scoring. They press as well, press high, set traps like we saw uh, with Curtis Davis in November. Um and they try to play as high as they can, although it kind of tailed off during the winter because of injuries and stuff. But they really, really strengthened in uh, personnel on January de- deadline day, bringing five players in, including Nat Phillips, who's really aggressive centre back, and that allows them to play higher up the pitch. Uh, strengths a lot of possession. They love possession. Uh, I think their full backs are key. Most of their attacks, actually, I think 65, 60% of their um, overall attacks come through the wings. Um, Jordan Zamora, fantastic early on in the season. Kind of tailed off seat recently, but it's his first professional season in, in uh, the Championship. And at right back, um, they've got a wealth of options. I know Adam Smith will be suspended for the game uh, for being sent off after being a substitute. Uh, but they've got Ethan Laird, who's obviously really highly rated at Manchester United. And they've got Jack Stacey and them two look to provide underlaps, overlaps, and they put crosses into the box. But they're not the type of crosses that Derby... The centre backs that will eat uh, eat for their dinner. It's more cut back crosses, stand up crosses in the back post, and they're something that's really, they're really good at and can exploit it if a team shows weaknesses. And in terms of weaknesses, um, it's basically not scoring enough goals, and that always leaves them delicate, as you saw against Preston. Um, they have they don't really create much. They have a lot of the ball, but they tend to pass backwards and sideways, and that's really got supporters uh, 
uh, it really annoy them in recent times, especially when they have free kicks in good positions and they tend to pass about to the centre-backs. So I think Lloyd Kelly normally has most touches and most passes of the ball, so that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, he's a centre-back and he's the captain too. Thoughts on Derby? I've got a real soft spot for Derby. I think I've been looking out for their score lines uh, first. I, I think they're, what a job Rain Rooney's doing. It's all, I'm sure you guys have already said it. I think they're fantastic. I think in spirit, the togetherness, managing to keep hold of Tom Lawrence uh, and deadline day uh, was outstanding. I think you've got really some really good youngsters coming through and it's great that they're having an opportunity like that. And I hope that for football's sake, that you stay up, that everyone um, keeps their jobs and you can really build in this because it looks like you've got a real good core of youth and uh, I'm backing you and I really, really hope that you do stay up. How do you think the game will go? Thing is, though, you really don't have a clue with Bournemouth at all. They're at home, so you expect, and they're third, you know, basically second. They should really go up, and they should win this game. But if Derby sit in a low block in a nice and compact, and they can hit on the counter attack or set pieces, or a refereeing decision goes your way, um, I think it could be really close. But I think if Bournemouth score in the first fifteen minutes, history suggests they tend to win two, three, four nil. The longer the game goes, Derby will come into it. So I am gonna. Go 2-1 Bournemouth, but I'm not at all confident on it. And yeah, thank you very much. Thanks very much for that. Absolutely been brilliant collaborating with you this season. All the best in your promotion chase. Obviously not for Saturday. Final point of the podcast this week, and it's a, a, a congratulations is in order. Um, as you well know, most people who listen to this podcast, we are part of uh, FanHub which uh, if you don't know what FanHub is now, get it in Google, find out what it's all about, where they're representing Derby County from the Ramdrew podcast. And it's, it's, you know, it's one of the biggest sports podcast, football podcasts, um, uh, sorry, apps and that uh, that's out there at the moment. And they do a fan initiative of what's called the game changer of the month. We nominated Jake Barker from a Derby County perspective for all his work with um, the Derby County Community Trust. And I do believe, oh, and also obviously he was part of the Rams Family Fund. Last time we had Jake on, we were talking about that. Um, and the congratulations is in order because he went and won the Game Changer of the Month. He's got a nice little trophy with that as well. He helped raise more than £31,000 for the Family Fund. Um, I mean, that that on its own is absolutely amazing. Jake, congratulations, mate. And uh, we'll obviously, hopefully have you on the podcast again sooner rather than later. That's it for this week's episode of the Rams Review podcast. It's been, uh, it's nice to have a week off, I have to say. Um, but of course, double game next week. So, well, three game week next week. So we will be hopefully getting something out for the Blackburn game uh, schedules permitting. If not, we'll definitely be back for the Coventry game preview, but of course we'll have all the fallout from the other games that, uh, that we've had over the last few days coming up over the next few days. I've been Jason. Thanks to Andy as always, Andy Buckley Taylor. And of course, thanks to co-host Corey who had to uh, miss out on this, of this section of the podcast, uh, but we will be back next week. And until then, up the ramps. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at Rams Review 1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the ramps. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the FanHub 100, putting fans first.